The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7 today. Matthew chapter 7, and I want you to go to verse 24. And we're going to be looking at one of the parables of Jesus. And I love Jesus' parables. You know, whenever Jesus told a parable, it was a heaven, it was an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Uh, meaning, Jesus would take everyday examples. He would take food. He would take people. He would take mud. He would take anything. And he'd turn it into a learning object, a teaching object, in order to do two things to the people who were listening to him. There were two, two things that he wanted to do. He wanted to conceal something, and he wanted to reveal something. Everybody say, Conceal. He wanted to conceal his teaching from the Pharisees because you know that the Pharisees, the religious rulers of the day, that that was his number one audience and his target whenever he would speak to them. And his number one audience was the lost sheep of Israel. The people that he wanted to target, they were the Pharisees. So he wanted to conceal something. Not only did Jesus wanted to conceal something, he also wanted to reveal. Everybody say reveal. He wanted to reveal something. He wanted to bring revelation. And he wanted to share something that was very important for people who had ears to hear and had eyes to see and were ready to lean in on what Jesus had to say. So this morning, as I bring to you a message based upon two types of homes and two types of builders, I want to share with you, first of all, that each and every one of us in our lives, even though we are going to prevail, that Jesus is the builder of this church And Jesus is the builder of my life and of your life. And we understand that and we grasp that. But there are going to be times in my life and in your life that a storm is going to come raging into your life. Now, I'm not speaking that over your life, but I'm not going to tell you and lie to you that your life is just going to be peachy keen and everything is going to be easy. Because you and I know that the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Can I get an amen? That is John chapter 10, verse 10, for those of you who need that reference. John 10, 10. The thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, whatever, I come that you might have life. And so as a result of the life that Jesus wants to bring to life source, as a result of the life that Jesus wants to breathe into your life, into my life, there are going to be those times in our lives that we're going to face different kinds of storms. Lisa and I have been married for 21 years. I've gone through my share of storms before I met Lisa, before we, been, we had been married. The biggest storm of my life, most of you know my story. A lot of you don't. If you don't, it's found in the pound for pound principle. A book sold for $15, only 10 left. You're going to have to run out of here and get it later on kidding it's the best book i've ever written actually it's the only book i've ever written but whatever but i didn't come here to sell no books because i didn't bring nothing with me but let me tell you this i've been through storms some of them were self-generated you know what i'm talking about i created this storm (laughs) it's not fun it's horrible and there are times that storms have come my way whenever you get bad news the worst news that you could get that news will hit you like a ton of bricks because you were not expecting it david David received word when he was fighting the Malachites while he was out fighting with the Philistines and he turns around and comes back to his home base and he gets word from his home base as soon as he sees smoke rising from what was his campsite and all the women and children in his group were gone and stolen by the Amalekites. Bad news. What What did David do? He strengthened himself in the Lord. Job received horrible news. Your family, your kids, they're all dead. Everything that you own has been wiped out. The worst news. What do you do when you hear the worst news that rocks the foundation of your house? You know, a couple of weeks ago, 
while Lisa and I were gone, we'd shared a quick video message about a movie called The Impossible. You might have watched it. In 2004, and I'm not going to show the video clip of the beginning, but I will show the ending of it, but you can put the graphic up there for me. In 2004, one of the greatest or most catastrophic natural disasters to ever hit planet Earth was on December 26, 2004. You remember that, that great tsunami that was generated off of the coast of Banda Aceh. And that tsunami raged over 13 countries, killed hundreds upon thousands and thousands of people, displaced loved ones who were scattered all over that region of the world. That tsunami that came out of nowhere were probably one of the biggest storms that you've ever heard of or I have ever heard of, of biblical proportions. But in the, in the midst of that, there was a family that was celebrating on Chris, the day after Christmas. There were a British family on vacation, all five of them with little kids, three little kids, a mother and a father. And then when that wave came out of nowhere, they did not expect it. They were at the pool, swimming, playing with the ball. The father with the two little ones and the teenager was running off of the ball. The mother, played by Naomi Watts, the father by Ewan McGregor, they were having the time of their life. They'd saved and they had spent, and all of a sudden, the ground began to rumble. The birds began to fly, and everything became still in the air. And like I said, out of nowhere, this tsunami came and rocked their world. Sudden impact. Sudden impact. Lisa and I have experienced sudden impact in our lives. We've experienced things that came out of what we call in America, probably you call it here too, came out of left field. You never saw it coming. But you know what? God knows. Whenever the wave comes, don't be in awe of the wave. Be in awe of God. Can I get an amen? And when this storm began to happen, these, these loved ones... A mother and a father of this, these children, they were all spread out all over the place. The father in the story miraculously hangs on to the two younger boys, hangs on to them, and they still survive. The mother and the teenage son get swept all over the place, but in the midst of that, the rubble and the mess and the, and, and the, the damage that that tsunami created, the mother and the son found one another. And at the end, I'm going to share a video clip on how it all comes back together. Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 7 that there would be times that storms would come into your life. And when he talked about those storms, he said there are certain things that we have to understand about them, and it's about how you build the house, not necessarily how to withstand a storm. See, you can withstand a storm by understanding certain biblical principles, but there's something that you have to understand before you begin to set out to build anything. Today, I want to preach a message called Crash Proof. Everybody say Crash Proof. There are going to be things that crash around your life, but you can remain crash proof in the midst of the storms that enter into your life. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, and forgive my voice because of that airplane ride, but Matthew chapter 7, pay no attention to my voice. But anyway, here we go. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine And does them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain descended and the floods came just like the first house, right? 
And the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and, it's, and great was its fall. And so it was, when Jesus had end, and ended saying these things, that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as any of the scribes. Now, when we begin to look at this, Jesus is talking about how we build our homes. Now, your home is not necessarily the dwelling in which you live. Your home is not necessarily the house of the Lord. It includes all of that. But what it really includes is your oikos, your whole life, your whole family, you, you yourself. Everything that involves you, that is your house and that is your life. When we begin to look at things, why do these things happen? Why do, um, here's three things that I want to share with you that I noticed, that these are observations, they're not points, but they're observations. The first observation about these homes is every house will encounter tests and storms. Every single house is going to go through them. Doesn't matter, you know, I'm Pastor Mike, but it doesn't matter, I still get storms. You know what I'm talking about? So, oh no, you're under special God's special favor. I wish I am under his favor, but um, special protection? I believe so, but I can guarantee you storms come into my life as well into your, li- or your lives. Can I get an amen? amen? Storms come. The second thing is each house looks good in good weather, doesn't it? I mean, it looks good. Even though the weather is really good, it still looks good in good weather. But until the weather turns, then you get to find the character and the description of that house. The other thing is this. I've noticed that storms... Of, the, of life, crises, challenges, hardships, disasters, they reveal the quality of the foundation and the integrity and the wisdom of the builder. That's what it does. When you look at a house, you look at the house, you go, wow, that's a beautiful house. And then if you know something, you start asking, well, who is the contractor and who is the builder? Because that is an amazing house. What I love about Sydney, you have beautiful architecture. You have beautiful homes. They're different from Hawaii. I think you're greater. I think in many ways, Sydney homes are greater. And that leads me to ask, who is the developer? Who is the one who's poured everything into this to make it what it is? My house and your house will be tested. In Hawaii, we get hurricanes. I know you had some typhoons on the, uh, in the upper uh, coast of Queensland lately. You had two back-to-back and all of that. But in Hawaii, we had two hurricanes back-to-back that were headed directly for our island chain. I'm talking about one coming and three days later, the other one right after it. And you know what? We had prayed over it. We were, began rebuking the storm. We began speaking against it. And you know those two storms? They went like this. They were headed for Hawaii, and they went right around us right around us and dissipated. But let me tell you, it doesn't mean at the same time that I'm not going to hurricane-proof my house. I'm just going to pray. No, I still got to hurricane-proof my house. So I took an old house that we once owned, and we retroed it, and we put on all these different hurricane clips and anchors in order to solidify the foundation of our home. When we look at becoming crash-proof, here's three things that I want to share with you this morning. Are you ready? All right, here it is. Number one, Build with the right plans. Build with the right plans. Everybody say right plans. You got to be able to build with the right plans. Because the plans tell you, when you look at the plans, if you're, a, if you're building something, you got to be able to read the instructions. You know, I've been putting things together lately. I've um, been building. I'm, how many of you go on Pinterest? Okay, I mean, I'm not like a real, I'm a, yeah, come on, come on. Don't be loud and proud. Man, raise your hand. I know you Pinterest too. Okay, just some of us don't even want to admit that you Pinterest. Nothing wrong with Pinteresting. I'm on Pinterest. There is something wrong. <laughs> I, I built a pallet table out of Pinterest. Took an old pallet, washed it clean, rebuilt it, and now it's a beautiful coffee table. Pinterest, thank you very much. Taught me how to do it. Pinterest. 
Well, Lisa said, I want a big dining room table. You want a big dining room table? I can do that. I'm not that good, folks. You know what I'm talking about? But I can learn stuff. And she said, I want a big dining room table. Well, I went to the hardware store with one of my best friends, one of my besties. He and I went out there, picked up these big two-by-six two planks, and we brought it to the house. And I started a big barn-style rustic table that will seat 10 people. Why, why can't I do it? Because I just saw it and said, I think I can do that. No, I downloaded the instructions. I downloaded the plans. And I made sure so far that I'm following the plans. When I get home to Hawaii on Saturday, I'm going back to work on that table. Why? Because you got to have the right plans, everybody. Can I get an amen? You can't, fall, you can't follow faulty plans. You know, no plan is a faulty plan. If you don't have a plan for your life, that's a faulty plan as well. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, verse 28 to 30, he said, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin? But who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there was enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's a person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, he says, those who listen to my teaching and obey. You can't just be a hearer of the word. You've got to be a doer of the word. You know how important the word is to your foundation of your life? You know what happens is when we get all emotional, because we can get emotional, right, Christians? We can get emotional at times. And sometimes we ride on this emotional roller coaster. We're up and we're down. We're up and we're down. We're up and we're down. And oftentimes we're up and we're down because we're not reading the word and we're not doing it. The more you are in the word, the stronger your foundation will be. I promise you, Pastor John is a phenomenal teacher. But I can tell you this, for any teacher in the world, doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter if it's Billy Graham, Luis Palau. It doesn't matter who it is. Pastor John Giuliano, the Italiano, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, it's not good enough just to hear a message on Sunday. You've got to feed yourself throughout the week. Can I get an amen? That is being a hearer and a doer of the word and tying yourself into the plans that God has that will solidify your life. That way, your highs won't be so high and your lows won't be so low. You will be a little bit more even keeled. I know it's a lot of people in here. Some of us, you know, sometimes like my, my wife, her highs are not so high. Her lows are not so low. She's solid. Me, I'm Italian. Just, you know, I'm Italian. A little bit of high and a lot, little bit of low and a little bit of high, a lot of high and a little bit of low because it's part of my Italian heritage. When you think about this, when you follow the right plans, you've got to build with the right plans. The right plans will not let you down. Can I get an amen? Number two, you've got to build with the right principles. Everybody say Principles. The principles on what you are learning from. What are the right biblical principles that you are instilling into your life to solidify the foundational of your life? The foundation of your life. You know, the deeper that, the bigger that you want to go, the deeper you got to go. If you want to build something high, any skyscraper that's coming up in Sydney, anything that they're going to build in this great city, and by the way, it is one of my favorite, if not my favorite city in the world outside of Hawaii, but I love this city. And every time I see a new building go up, guess what? It doesn't just go up. They've got a poor foundation. And the foundation that is being poured is deep and it is wide. And it's the same thing with my life and your life. If we don't have a wide and a deep enough foundation for as high as God wants to take us, we're going to end up with a crash. Can I get an amen? So you've got to make sure that it's deep. You've got to make sure that it's wide. And you've got to make sure that you and I, we're building with the right principles. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, everybody, he says, I pray 
that Christ might make his home in your hearts through your faith, so that having your roots deep and your foundations strong in love. Come on, get your roots deep. Get your foundation strong. Come on, you got to have that. Being not just a hearer of the word, a doer of the word, strong foundation, and then the right principles bring about wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3, up on the screen, everybody, it says this, by wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding, it is established. You've got to build a big house, a strong house, and it is the wisdom of that house that begins to build it. This next verse speaks about a woman, but it can speak about a man too, because I've seen it both ways. It says this in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1. It says, a wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Now, Lisa and I have been married for 21 years, but some of you know that I was a single dad before I came to Jesus. When I came to Jesus, I was, I was, a, I was a 21-year-old father of a two-year-old girl. I didn't know the Lord. Didn't know him the way that I do now, most definitely. And when we came to the house of God together, I got saved that very first Sunday in a service just like this. For some of you, you're going through some storms right here in this place. In a room like this, I guarantee you, somebody's going through a storm right now. And you feel like a, like a wave has just came out of nowhere and has picked you up and you've still been scattered and you can't put everything back together. That was my life. But even further on, after Lisa and I have met and we got married, doesn't mean that all of a sudden you get married, that things get easier. Actually, they sometimes get tougher, especially for a blended family for me and Lisa. We had instant family automatically. Years had gone by. We had Rebecca after I brought in Courtney, and Courtney and Lisa and I, we were all one family. And then several years later, we had Rebecca. Rebecca today is a beautiful 19-year-old girl. She's gorgeous. She's beautiful inside and out, and I love my baby girl so much. But I remember there was a time when it was just four of us, and I had a dream one night, you guys. I had a dream, and I woke up the next day rattled, rattled. I don't like those dreams. I know when God speaks to me in dreams. Like a lot of you, God speaks to you through dreams. And the dream that I had was that our house hit a storm. Like it was a Wizard of Oz kind of storm, everybody. It lifted my house, literally lifted it in the dream. And even though Lisa and I and Rebecca were in the house, my oldest daughter did not want, did not want to come into the house. We were calling her, the storm, get in the house, get in the house. But either she couldn't hear us or she was acting like she couldn't hear us. And I thought, and as soon as I woke up from that dream, I said, get ready. It's not like everything was great, and all of a sudden, the storm hit. I already had a feeling that this was going to happen. And it began the launch of one of the most difficult seasons of our life as a family when I got that prophetic dream. That storm that came into our life and that thing that affected my entire family there was a time that Lisa and I, we were all over the place. The girls were all over. We don't know. Like, it was like triage at one time. Who do I minister to first? Before which one of them, figuratively, I mean, not fig- I mean figuratively, is going to be the first one to die? You know what I'm talking about? They need the most attention right now. And that's where I felt like I was at that moment when that storm came into our life. But the principles that Lisa and I had built our lives upon, whether we were youth pastors, a children's church pastor, or young senior pastors, it didn't matter. You can take away our title. We still, all we have is Jesus left at the end of the day. Can I get an amen? So everything, when the waves come, the great thing about waves, though, sometimes they take the stuff that is not necessary and it leaves what is really necessary. 
some things will be shaken in your life and some things will reveal, they will reveal the unshakable things in your life. And the unshakable things that, that stand firm in your life when these situations come into your life has to be the faith that you have in Jesus. The song that we sang, oh my gosh, I love that song. I forget what it was right now, but I remember, it, what was it? I love thee, Jesus. Yeah, he was the main focus in that song. But I mean, that was an old hymn, right? If ever I love thee, thy Jesus, tis now. This is the moment. If ever I loved you, my Jesus, this is now, at this moment. And that's what it's going to come down for a lot of us in our life, is when the wave comes and takes away everything that doesn't really matter, what stands firm and what stands and remains is your faith in God and your love for your family, and that's what you take with you to heaven. Can I get an Amen. It's the principles, it's the plans, number three. You've got to build with the right people and the right person. You've got to build with the right people and then build with the right person. You know, the house of God is critical to your health and to your growth. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, you know this, shall flourish in the courts of our God. This is the kind of time that in your life, this is not the time to say, oh, we are, we're, we're too traumatized to go back to church. We're too traumatized by what's going on in our life. For us, we don't have time to go. God doesn't work when you want him to work, so we're not going to go. No, that's the time that you need the house of God more than ever. You've got to be careful and guard your heart during seasons of storms because you begin to look around and begin to question everything and wonder, does that guy really care? Does that woman really care? Nobody called me when I'm going through my storm and you start having storm pity parties. You've got to be careful when you go through your storm because storms not only reveal what is, unsh- what is shakable and what is unshakable, it'll shake and rattle your emotions and b- get you questioning the people around you in your life and saying, nobody is there for me. I've been pastoring our church for 14 years. I've been, a, I've been in the ministry for 20. And I have seen times That people go through difficult times, and rather than clinging to Jesus and clinging to the house of God, they slowly pull back and begin to not even attend or maybe just wander a little bit and start, I'll just watch online instead, and their hearts begin to turn, and before you know it, they're gone in several different ways. They're either gone, their heart's no longer in the body of Christ, but they're still saved, or they just completely walk away from God altogether. When those, times, when those times hit, when those difficulties come, that's the time that you got to build with the right people. That's the time that you jump into church more than ever before. To me, that's what I do. That's what I do. That's what I would do. I would surround myself with people in my small group. I would be, I'd be having coffees at Coffee Talk with people who love Jesus. Can I get an amen? I'd stay away from Starbucks because it's no good in Australia and it's terrible in America. I'd go to Coffee Talk. That's what I'd do if I was a Christian in Australia. But let me tell you right here, in the land of the, of the, of the cappuccino and the latte, I want to tell you this, my friends. The house of God is where you're going to hear the word of the Lord. You're going to have people who are going to speak to you and tell you what you need to hear, what you want to hear anyway, in the way that you should receive it. This is the place that you want to be during those storms. See, even though the winds came and the floods rose and the winds blew and the waves came in, and let's remember this, both houses endured storms. Well, both houses encountered storms. Only one house endured the storm. You want to be the house that's standing 
in the storm. I want to be that house. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be that house. And I want to be the house that is strong. And I want to be the one that clings. And I want to be the one that has principles. And I want to be the one that has the plan. And I want to be the one who's doing it with the right people. And what I want to do is I want to build it on the right person. The person of Jesus. The person of... See, everything else, when you think about it, other than your wife and your kids and your mom and your dad and your brothers and your sisters, everything else is sand. Sand's important. But sand is not critical. Rock is important. Cement is important. Because sand is filler. It's filler. It's stuff that you use to fill in the places where the rocks don't meet very well. That's what sand is. Don't build your life on sand. Sand can be relationship. Sand can be money. Sand can be titles. Sand can be prestige. Sand can be your car, if you love your car that much. Sand can be your clothing. You know what I mean? That's sand. What really rock is, at the end of the day, rock is Jesus. Because sometimes even family can be taken away. And at the end of the day, if you're standing with just Jesus, you're in good shape. Remember, life is temporary. What we've got waiting for us is eternal. It's eternal. It is beautiful. It is better than this. But in the meantime, we persevere. We take, what, we, take, we take dominion over what we've got. We speak life over every situation. We speak about things as if they are, even though they are not. I was speaking about my daughter returning to Jesus. I was speaking about Courtney coming back to the Lord. We would speak about it. We would pray about it. And the reality is, it was the last thing I thought about when I went to bed at night and the first person person I thought about as soon as I woke up in the morning. Even though that was the reality, what I was prophetically saying was she's going to come back to Jesus. And people in the house of God would tell me, Mike, your daughter's coming back to Jesus. Mike, your daughter's coming back to Jesus. Courtney's coming back to Jesus. And guess what, guys? She's come back to Jesus. And she serves in our church. And she's in the intercessory prayer team. And I praise God. And Lisa and I, we look at each other and we thank God for Jason, our son-in-law. And we thank God. I didn't show you a picture. Next service, I'll show pictures. Bowie, our little Bowie. That's right. Bowie is her name. Our granddaughter, Bowie, like David Bowie. I don't know. Go figure. My daughter is like that. But anyway, they all, Jason's gotten saved, gave his life to Jesus. And you know what? What I thought I wanted to happen in my time, in my way. And even though the reality were things, it was a long season, but I knew this, that we were standing firm and we were not on shifting tectonic plates in my house. Even though it was rocking, we were solid because we knew who we served and we knew who we loved and we knew what we stood for. And I want to ask you this question today. What's rocking your house? What's shaking your foundation? Is it filler? Or is it the Lord allowing something to come into your life to rock it? Or is it a demonic storm that has come into your life? No matter what it is and the origination of that storm, the bottom line is this, that Jesus walks with you through every single storm that you have. See, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 says this, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. The hope, in Je- the hope of Jesus. A strong anchor for our souls. 
It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Folks, the curtain, the, the curtain, I mean the inner sanctuary in heaven, not the curtain that used to be behind the temple that has been destroyed. The one that separated the people from the Holy of Holies that ripped in two when Jesus said, it is finished, not that curtain. No, 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 no. The curtain that lies beyond the veil from what we can see that separates the natural from the supernatural, the, he- the earthly realm from the heavenly realm, that in that inner sanctuary is the anchor. The anchor is in the sanctuary. And when you think what's connected to an anchor, you think about a rope, right? A rope is connected to an anchor. When I go surfing with my friend Aaron, we cheat. We don't, we don't paddle out for like two football fields to get to the surf. We get on his little boat and we take his little boat out into the channel and we throw an anchor. And my job is to throw out the anchor. And to make sure that that anchor is solid, you just throw out an anchor think you're going to be fine. No, you grab that anchor and you pull it, man. You just, uh, you just give it like a couple of tugs. All right, we're good, we're good. This boat's not going anywhere. And it's the same thing, though. When I got to go get that anchor again, when we're done surfing, I got to go grab that rope and I got to pull us closer to that anchor. And, I, and the boat's coming with me. Pretty awesome, huh? And it's coming with me. And here's the deal. The same thing is when you tug on that rope in the inner sanctuary in heaven, when you see, is that anchor going to hold? That's Jesus. And when you want to get closer to him, you pull. And you keep on pulling. And the more you pull, the closer you get to his presence, everybody. The, close, the more you pull, the more you yank on that anchor, the closer you are getting to his presence. Can I get an amen? You got to pull on that anchor. And I want to end with this. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 33, verse 6, that he will be the sure foundation for your times and a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. And the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Center Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials.